The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily Bloomberg iHeart podcast. And I'm Stacey Marie Ishmel, Managing Editor of Crypto for Bloomberg News. It's Thursday, September 15th. You might not have heard of Twitch, but it's one of the most popular places on the internet. And it's owned by a company you've definitely heard of, Amazon. Millions of people every day use Twitch to watch their favorite live streamers. And what do those live streamers do? Everything from playing video games to applying makeup to solving math problems in real time. Video games are still the biggest category of live streams that people tune into on Twitch. And the biggest games, like Grand Theft Auto V, Fortnite and League of Legends, absolutely dominate time spent on the platform. But there's a new addition to that top 10, and it's crypto gambling. Crypto gambling is the seventh most popular content category on Twitch right now. Many streamers are being paid very handsomely by the companies involved to take part in this activity. But why and where is this all coming from? And what are the risks of encouraging a whole new generation of people to gamble? Joining me now is Bloomberg video game reporter Cecilia D'Anastasio. One streamer who is actually the most popular streamer on Twitch lost $164,000 in literally 139 seconds. To talk about the toll of this growing trend. Cecilia, welcome back to the podcast. Thank you for having me. Let's start with the big question, which is people have probably heard of TikTok. They've probably they've definitely heard of YouTube at this point. They know what Netflix is. They know what Hulu is. Where does Twitch fit into that video ecosystem? Twitch is a platform for live streaming video games and other forms of content ranging from putting makeup on to performing music or doing art. It's kind of become the default live streaming service on the internet, but it was started to live stream um, people playing video games. And the live streaming element is, you know, there's like very little post-production. You like stick a camera in your face. It might be a fancy camera. Your face might be well made up. But the idea is that people are getting like an in the moment of the moment real time experience. Yeah, totally. It's emergent. It's spontaneous. And also notably the chat, um, they're called the chat, but actually it's users typing in a chat We'll communicate live with the Twitch streamer who is encouraged to interact with them. It creates these sort of parasocial relationships that um, really have uh, launched a lot of people's careers into kind of internet stardom. She's one of the most popular stars on Twitch with more than a million followers. Meet Iron Mouse. Iron Mouse broke records recently becoming the most subscribed to woman on Twitch and the most popular VTuber on Twitch. VTubing has become a sensation over the last couple of years with an over 467% increase between 2020 and 2021. 
A while ago, there was a leak of some Twitch financials, and one of the things that came out of it is that some of their top streamers um, from video games and tabletop games are making tens of millions of dollars a year on this platform. Absolutely. Twitch streamers make a lot of money. Um, (laughs) If you're in that top, like, 0.5 to 1%, a lot of people who live stream on Twitch are just kind of average people who want to play a little Minecraft, hang out with like one, two, three, four viewers. Mm-hmm. And then there are these behemoth channels that have, you know, 70,000, 100,000 people watching them stream live. And in addition to streamers making money um, based on subscriptions that those viewers pay for their content, which is like $5 a month or something like that, um, Viewers can also donate money um, to Twitch streamers through Twitch itself using this currency called Bits. So it's like they're in-house, almost like a cryptocurrency, one could say. Now, on that topic, because we are on a show about about crypto, in your recent story, you wrote about the fact that, you know, you've got these behemoth games that you mentioned, the Fortnites, the League of Legends, the Grand Theft Auto V. And kind of creeping into that top 10 of, you know, time spent in terms of viewers is crypto gambling. Yeah, it feels totally random in some ways, right? Because you're just like, why why are the same people who like watching competitive League of Legends also watching someone just click their mouse like 800,000 times and playing <laughs> online slots? But it's interesting because there's a bit of a heritage with gambling on Twitch that actually didn't come from crypto. It came from something a little obscure called Counter-Strike Skins. So there's this video game called Counter-Strike. It's a first-person shooter by this company, Valve. Extremely popular. And one thing people love to do in that game is dress up their guns with what are called skins. They're basically just like costumes. For your guns. For your guns. Right, right, right. Yeah. And... um, What people found out is that, you know, there's a really lucrative marketplace for these. People were selling them for hundreds, even thousands of dollars. Um, People love to show off their cool, rare, like, AK-47, like, army, you know, style I just want to note that this is a wild series of sentences, but please carry on. (laughs) That's gaming for you. Basically, though, um, there are these websites that cropped up several years ago for skin gambling. So people would play roulette to earn these skins. Um, and it was something that was very lucrative. There were very, very large and um, well-off companies that were doing this. And um, importantly, a lot of people who were under 18 also participated in this. And Which that is a problem by legal standards. It is a problem by legal standards, allegedly. Um, I'm not a lawyer. Uh, <laughs> there were a lot of lawsuits around this. When did when did crypto gambling on Twitch become popular? Because obviously the Counter-Strike legacy is long, well-established, you know, been around for a while, has seemed to me to have fallen out of favor as much in the past couple of years. But then, you know, over the course of the pandemic, you had this upsurge in crypto gambling. What does that look like? What are the mechanics exactly? And is it the same kind of population that's playing? Totally. There were some skin gambling sites that even did transition to crypto gambling sites. So they definitely know their audience. Crypto gambling is a pretty interesting phenomenon. It's not um, legalized anywhere in the U.S. It's kind of an opt-in situation. So there's no blanket law saying you can't gamble with crypto in the U.S. It's kind of a state by state Mm -hmm. thing. And no states have deemed it legal yet. Despite that, there are these offshore companies um, 
like steak, which is uh, incorporated in Curacao, um, that offer, you know, roulette, they offer slots, they offer blackjack, um, where you, instead of playing with real money, you play online with crypto. And it kind of continues this lineage of Counter-Strike skin gambling just because it's this kind of, there's this idea like, oh, it's not real money. Oh, it's so accessible. Oh, I can do this even if I'm under 18, mm-hmm. even if it's technically illegal. It feels a little like, if, I don't know. Gray area E. Totally. And like a little like gritty and cool to some people. What are the sums, even if it's not, as you say, quote unquote, real money, but like what kind of sums are we talking and what are the types of tokens that people are using to engage in crypto gambling? Yeah, just your typical Ethereum, your typical Bitcoin. Um, The sums that people are gambling are huge, though. So the rapper Drake um, is a partner uh, with Stake.com. And when he was gambling there um, a couple of months ago, he... He started with this $9 million balance. I forget which coin he was using. And every single bet he made on roulette was between $300,000 and a $1 million. You mentioned, you know, roulette, you mentioned blackjack, like things that are sound fairly typical. So it's not that the crypto gambling is that people are like gambling in the metaverse in this particular instance or that they're playing like crypto games. It's that they're playing very traditional gambling games but the stakes are denominated in different cryptocurrencies. Exactly. There is, a, however, gambling in the metaverse, too. Yes. <laughs> well, <laughs> it depends on who you are and whether you think there is a metaverse. But there are some Fair. companies that have branded their virtual worlds as metaverses. And um, Decentraland in particular is one where uh, a lot of the user base is there to gamble with cryptocurrency. Like, at any given point, most of the people in Decentraland are there to play what's called ice poker. What is it, Frosty? <laughs> Maybe for your wallet. Ooh, the chill of crypto winter. Ice poker exists in this legally gray area in that there are a lot of steps and hoops to jump through that they've set up. It's like there are so many um, steps you have to take between real money going in and real money going out with ice poker into Decentraland that some lawyers have said it is legal and other lawyers have said, I don't really understand this, but it could be gray. We'll be right back with more from Cecilia D'Anastasio on the companies behind these games. From Silicon Valley to Wall Street, the promise and perils of artificial intelligence are playing out on the world stage. But what will the next phase of AI adoption look like? Which companies from big tech to startups will dominate? And where do the risks and unintended consequences lie? I'm Emily Chang. Join me at Bloomberg Tech in San Francisco, May 9th, to answer many of the industry's burning questions. Alongside SNAP's Evan Spiegel, Xbox President Sarah Bond, OpenAI's Brad Lightcap, top researcher Dr. Fei-Fei Li of Stanford, and many more. More details and just a few tickets left at Bloomberg.com slash TechSF. You 
know, the internet is everywhere, and that is kind of a challenging proposition. So how how are folks planning to decide, well, it looks like this person is signed up in a state that doesn't allow online gambling, and if, you know, crypto gambling ever becomes regulated, what, are we just going to, like, block people in New York or, you know, whatever that might be? Like, what are some of the mechanics at play here? Yeah, it's interesting because crypto gambling isn't really on um, Congress's radar. It's barely on the American Gaming Association's radar because— the most important thing right now they're trying to tackle with illegal gaming is illegal sports betting. That's huge. Crypto gambling is also quite big. Um, I'm not able to compare them because, again, we just don't have statistics on this kind of thing. But um, it's really flying under the radar for a lot of legislators. You know, you only mentioned the U.S. context. Stake also has a U.K. entity that is, you know, registered on the Isle of Man. In terms of the laws internationally, is this like another area of complexity that these global platforms have to contend with? Like, how are they just handling the idea that in addition to state-by-state regulations, they may also having to be making decisions on countries? I don't know what kind of decision stake itself is making because, frankly, it is not challenging to access from the U.S. Mm-hmm. Other online gaming sites um, have a very rigorous process for you to be able to gamble on them. You might have to upload your ID. They mm-hmm. might have something that prevents you from using a VPN to get on the site. They might, you know, um, ask for information from your bank. And Stake.com, um, while it does have a VPN blocker, it, it doesn't seem to be taking quite so many pains to comply with a lot of local laws. With that said, Twitch streamers who are taking sponsorships from Stake.com have left the U.S. and moved to Canada. Wow. So they, 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 they've, like, moved physically. Like, it's not even that their channel is redomiciled. Like, they, the streamer, have switched countries. Correct. That's intense. Is it worth their while economically to be doing this? Oh, my God, yeah. (laughs) I mean, I talked to a streamer who was offered $19 million a year to gamble on stake.com. But that's not even the highest bid out there. There are people who are making several million dollars a month um, just because of these sponsorships. But on the other side of the coin, it's kind of dark because, haha, a couple of these top people are— legitimately, it seems, addicted to gambling. Mm -hmm. One, you know, one streamer who was actually the most popular streamer on Twitch lost $164,000 in literally 139 seconds. Jeez. There's another streamer who lost $12.9 million in just one month. I'm glad you mentioned the issue of gambling addiction. Like, we've done an episode on this show about crypto addiction And, you know, one of the things that we talked about is the fact that so many of the mechanics built into these apps, built into these platforms, really encourage certain types of very addictive behavior. It strikes me as extremely similar to, you know, something the two of us talked about, like loot boxes in mobile gaming and the ways in which these games are just like designed to extract money from you. Is there any pushback at all, either from consumers, from groups, from, you know, concerned parents about the fact that these kinds of mechanics are now finding themselves in yet another expression that is gaining in popularity. I don't know if it's even quite so detached. This is just literally gambling. If you go to stake.com, 
you can click a button and you are in a blackjack room and there is a live human blackjack dealer who you are literally playing blackjack with. Mm-hmm. It's just for crypto, right? And um, despite that, despite how literally gambling it is, um, there isn't a lot of pushback um, on these sites outside of the Twitch community where it's become popularized. On Twitch, top Twitch streamers who are very concerned about their friends becoming addicted to this and also Mm -hmm. viewers becoming addicted have made a lot of statements along these lines saying that Twitch should ban this content or it should prevent streamers from taking these deals somehow. There was a very popular petition as well signed by just like 2,300 people, which isn't a ton of people, but it's not insubstantial, um, asking advertisers on Twitch like NVIDIA and Pepsi to reconsider those deals in light of the um, popularity of crypto gambling. You know, I've, I've spoken to several people for the story that I wrote who did become to crypto gambling after watching Twitch streamers do it. And of course, they were they themselves chose to go to stake.com or any of these websites and lose money in that way. All of them, of course, lost a lot of money. Mm-hmm. Um, but at the same time, you know, there is some relationship there between watching the streamers do it and doing it yourself. It goes back to the idea of the parasocial relationship that you mentioned, where you can like you're projecting your feelings of intimacy, engagement, connection onto these folks, which which is one of the reasons that makes endorsements from them so powerful. Exactly. Ooh, well, heavy but important stuff. Thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Thank you, Cecilia. You can find more of Cecilia's reporting on the Bloomberg Terminal, on Bloomberg.com, or follow her on Twitter. She's at CCAnasta. That's C-E-C-I-A-N-A-S-T-A. On the next episode of Bloomberg Crypto. In April 2022, the Central African Republic decided that El Salvador shouldn't be the only country making headlines as crypto-friendly. Carr made Bitcoin legal tender and followed up with attempts to mint its own token called the Sango coin. We'll check in on how that's going. This is Bloomberg Crypto, a daily podcast from Bloomberg and iHeartRadio. For more shows from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Send us your comments, questions, or suggestions for the show to crypto at Bloomberg.net. Or find us on Twitter, we're at Crypto. The supervising producer of Bloomberg Crypto is Vicky Vergolina. Our senior producer is Janet Babin. Our producer is Mohammed Farouk. Associate producer is Moses Andam. Desta Wanderad is our engineer. Original music by Leo Sidron. I'm Stacey Marie Ishmael. We'll be back tomorrow. The countdown has begun. This May, a thousand global leaders will gather in Doha for the Qatar Economic Forum powered by Bloomberg, held in conjunction with our official partners, the Qatar Ministry of Commerce and Industry and Media City Qatar and premier sponsor QNB. Join heads of state, influential ministers and leading CEOs to make new connections and gain unique insights. Learn more at QatarEconomicForum.com.